0: It's just plain wrong that getting a good night's sleep is so hard. You know, sleep doesn't have to be this hard.
1: There is a faster way to get better sleep. Sleep Takeout gives you real practical sleep solutions and your questions answered.
0: I'm Dr. Bond and I'm a licensed psychologist.
1: And I'm Dr. Satuni and I'm a board certified sleep and pulmonary physician.
0: And we're here to talk to you about sleep advice without a pill.
1: This Sleep Takeout podcast is for information and entertainment purposes this podcast is not intended as professional or legal advice
0: podcasts are not treatment sleep disorders and mental health conditions need to be individualized with the health care provider sleep takeout is not a replacement for professional advice or recommendations
1: so help your friends sleep better share the sleep takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app
0: <laughs> Welcome back, Michelle. It's great to see you.
1: Hey Daniel. It's good to see you too. Yeah. What are you been up to?
0: I have been well, I'm I'm summer is here, even though it's not officially summer yet, but I feel like summertime is, is now back. So but it's been a nice spring. It's not been too humid. It's not been it's definitely been sunny, but it's not been like too humid and like too like high heat yet. Yeah. So
1: I think it's been definitely high heat. I got a uh dog that's a 3-year-old kind of a little oh rehome yeah. situation and um and I've been doing a lot of walks outside at times of day that I would not normally have been oh, walking yikes. outside. So it is quite warm. I agree with you. Summer has arrived in Florida.
0: It definitely it has in terms of, yeah, if you're walking the dog. Absolutely.
1: Well, but the days are getting um, hotter. They're getting a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're getting less stressful. I always think about historically the summer being more relaxing, but it is not more relaxing. It seems like time speeds up.
0: Absolutely. You know, I used to think that summer was like, you know, more like chill and laid back. And then, and at least for me right now, this period of time, I'm like, once, once school ends, it's like, I'm like, it's the summer camp season of like, where am I dropping my kid off? Where am I going to make sure I remember to pick them up at the right spot from? Because I'm kind of afraid I'll forget which spot I dropped. <laughs> off I
1: remember those days, and every yes. week is something different. It
0: is, so I feel like there's a little bit of me that's kind of afraid of this. But I mean, you, you know, you get you get into the routine, but yes, I feel like the summer is like this two month, you know, marathon of like, okay, which summer camp are we at right now, and did I remember the right one for the right week? So nice, yes. So, but that's happening soon. So trying to get ready to get back in the in the zone. Nice, but
1: it's. Been um been kind of just a busy week, you know, yeah. for at, at work. So uh, summer notoriously for most pulmonary offices is pretty slow mm-hmm. because, you know, the pneumonia season is down in Florida. People go back up north for the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a sleep practice, it tends to be a little bit busier mm-hmm. because of the reasons you said with, um, you know, with the adult and the kids coming right. coming and, you know, kind of pr- doing that preparation for yeah. for the. F- having summer plans being different from regular school plans so it's been just a really busy time yeah. there's a little bit of uptick in in the covid population as well Yep, yeah, definitely um, and and now that you know covid is not is what it was a year or two ago um, so they're they're not even knowing they have covid by the time they're sitting in the office yeah. coughing into their masks
0: well, I read something too that now it's it's more along the lines of along the lines of like it's a swell of types of things versus it being like a wave of things. We'll see.
1: So that's we'll a, see. fingers
0: crossed, hoping it's just a swell.
1: Yeah. Are we talking <laughs> about any products? Did you bring anything?
0: Let's see. I don't, oh, actually, well, I do, I have a few things. One of these things is a Tempur Pedic pillow that I got, and this one. I feel like you're. I'll, I'll throw it over your way. This was a. I got oh this one. Oh my gosh, also. it's heavy. It yeah. reminds me
1: of the Brookstone pillow.
0: So it's a. It's one of those like contoured pillow, which by the way, I'll say, kind of frustrating from a pillowcase perspective. Oh yes. Like, kind of a, a challenging thing. Although it is a very, it is comfortable, um, and it's supposed <laughs> to. I think I had the label over here. It's supposed to have like super cooling properties or something like that well i just unzipped
1: it if you if you heard my asmr Uh little zipper thing um the cooling other pillows that we've tried have Uh a different color Uh when when it's cooling this one just seems to have holes in it yeah um but maybe it's a cooling foam you know tempur-pedic foam is not known to be cooling
0: you know i think it's all marketing (laughs) so i have no idea what it is here this is what i can tell you the label says it says A neck pillow, advanced cooling, firm, medium profile.
1: Did you get to choose if it was firm or medium profile?
0: I think the only one that they had that said advanced cooling was firm. Oh, no, I think they had a firm or soft. Okay. But I think it was medium profile. Which really means that you have to find these like odd pillowcases, which I did find on Amazon, by the way. I found $15? like... $15? Yep. They yep. were expensive.
1: Well, so I used to sell some pillows in the office and when even the uh, the wholesale prices were uh-huh. like fourteen fifty, it yeah. didn't make sense to get them. But uh, I have enough people that know how to sew that I was able to nice. give them some dimensions to yes. sew
0: it. Well, so this pillow I paid... Let me pull it up on Amazon. I paid, I want to say like $65 for, which is a little, a little pricey for a pillow. And I would honestly say now that I've tried it out, I'm not sure I can really tell the difference. Like it's a nice pillow, but it's, it's a $65 pillow.
1: So what did you like about it?
0: Well, I did like that it's, it has the shape on each end, like that you can, you can have like the bigger part, you can... Put under your neck and it does kind of support it. So the contour portion. Yeah. So I did enjoy that. Um, it's smaller than a regular size pillow, I think. So that part was a little kind of different. Um, and it's definitely meant to be a pillow that you just have one pillow on. Like you don't have multiple pillows.
1: Oh, like the my pillow situation. Yeah. Like it, so. So um, I historically have been what's called a pillow snob. Um, oh. So Do some, tell what does some that people mean? are are snobs with uh, coffee uh-huh. some are with you know different types of lotion uh-huh. but I'm not saying anyone in this room has uh, uh-huh. has those <laughs> tendencies but um, so the pillow the pillow snob situation that I've had really I, I look for a pillow that's going to be multi-purpose mm. um, and so you know this pillow being very heavy is uh-huh. not that portable right um, I like the, the whole cooling technology if the cooling technology is there because mm-hmm. most people never complain their head, head's too cold. So right. they, they really are saying that it's, it's hot. The contour is um, like a typical contour. Right, but right. If, you, if you were maybe a bigger person mm-hmm. or if you were a smaller person, most of the contoured pillows have multiple layers in the mm-hmm. inside so that if you were bigger or smaller, you could remove or add. Oh, and so that's something that's that you know when when you have a sixty dollar pillow, I would assume that that would be um, an option, and this one doesn't seem to be. But it also yeah. does very clearly say that it's at like a standard height rather than a right. than you know a high profile pillow. Right, um, high profile pillows do tend to be quite a bit more because there's more materials, and mm-hmm. but sixty dollars or so is is a pretty standard um, is a standard price now from a perspective I think we had reviewed something from it before my favorite mm-hmm. that fulfills everything that I just told you is oh, the contour your trifecta it's like it's, it's technically the contour cpap pillow but they make one that's not specifically for cpap just called a contour oh. um the the product is contour but okay. it's a contour standard pillow uh-huh. um, and it's lightweight so while your pillow tends to be I don't know if yeah, it's that thing like was 5, five yeah. pounds or so yeah a uh, sack of flour this other one is less than one pound so it's really nice to travel with and then the the contour pillow actually rolls and folds so you oh can actually wow. make it quite small okay
0: we'll have to review that one yeah
1: the contour I pillow I thought we had but um,
0: we may have i, think I, t- I, talked I don't about think the we've twist actually kept contour pillow that's right we've not i don't know if we kept track of all of our product reviews We should
1: put that on our website when we get back to editing that website.
0: Life goals. Goals for 2022. Goals for 2022. Absolutely.
1: So um, what are we talking about today?
0: So today we are talking about, um, actually, what is our topic today? I forget what this episode is.
1: (laughs) Um, I'd like to really talk about how sleep affects pain.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: So the reason why I want to talk about this yes. is it's been a kind of an ongoing theme. And I know this is what you do for your, your uh-huh. regular practice is deal with sleep and pain and weight issues. Yep. Um, but one of the, one of the things that that pops up a lot is um, you know, how people can't sleep because something else is going on with pain. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you do a little bit of research online, uh, and someone is trying to avoid the medicine type of route right They really talk about um, like just routine things that we use for sleep in general. Mm-hmm. So if someone is you know talking about how a lot of their sleep problems were related to pain issues, where do you start? Great question. I would
0: say typically what I want to know from a sleep kind of in pain perspective.
1: And I think we have an upcoming, um podcast about marijuana so i don't want to hear about marijuana
0: oh yeah yeah well well well, gosh yeah that's so relevant from a pain perspective because it shows up for everybody stay tuned for that yes no we're definitely going to cover it sleep and pot especially like the edibles these days um but back to back to sleep and pain first i want to know exactly how the pain is interfering in somebody's life because pain that you might experience when you're trying to fall asleep or that you might experience in the middle of the night may be similar to pain that you might experience during your regular day, but it may also be completely different. Um, So it just depends what's actually causing the pain experience first. So that's usually where I want to start. The second thing I really want to know is how exactly the pain is interfering with sleep. So how about for you, Michelle, where do you start when it comes to sleep and pain?
1: So, you know, if someone's telling me that they have pain all day, um, a lot of a lot of where I start is what their activities are during the day because a big common theme when people are not um, you know in their usual activity let's say they had injured their their knee or they're um, having stomach problems and so they are not as active as they were they tend to not earn their sleep at night so mm-hmm. a lot of inactivity and a lot of um, you know worry not just you again with if they're taking a medicine during the day or the specific amount of pain, is that they take some of those sleep hygiene and the the um the protocols that mm-hmm. we normally like to do is increase your activity and they don't do it. Right. So a big deal is, you know, if they're having trouble sleeping at night because of their pain, what did their day look like?
0: Absolutely. Like what was their level of activity and I would say, too, a big challenge is a lot of people who are living with pain is this kind of boom and bust cycle that goes throughout the day Um, or can exist throughout a week, kind of depending on how the person experiences it.
1: So when they when they feel like they're actually doing okay, they overdo and then they're back to being in terrible pain again. And then they, um, they just kind of freeze Absolutely. and don't do anything. Yep. Uh, and really how, how our bodies understand when we're supposed to go to sleep and when we're supposed to wake up has to do with, uh, the amount of activity and stimulation. So mm-hmm. if someone is having a lot of issues with, uh, with pain in general and knows this, uh, and they're not as physical as they should be or could be, then i like to Ask them to um, maybe use more mental type of uh, Mm -hmm. activity and increase their mental activity with reading. I don't consider anything watching viewable on the computer or the TV, anything uh, entertaining. So it has to be some interaction. Yeah. So if they're taking maybe a class or doing some sort of workbook um, and... Again, in the world that we live in, everything's twenty-four hours a day. So mm-hmm. you can find something, even if you're taking Cosmo quizzes all day. That we're actually, n- no, nothing against Cosmo quizzes because <laughs> they are kind of fun. Um, but it, it's it's not that you're just locked and loaded into this zombie TV world. Right. It's the fact that you're interacting and engaging, and um, and you're learning maybe something about yourself, and it's part of that learning process. Mm-hmm. Now, on the um, the side of increased activity, even if you have, uh, I'll just give an example of it. Maybe a knee problem where you're not walking. It doesn't mean that you're not necessarily able to stand or to um, use your upper body. So try mm-hmm. and just increase um, and focus on the activity that that person can do mm-hmm. while they're still dealing with pain. Most people, even if they have a, a lot of nausea or have recently had surgery. They get that that view of, oh, they told me that I'm not cleared to do any sort of exercise. And then they think exercise is, you know, the the gym or the treadmill. Right, um, like cardio. But it doesn't right. mean they can't move around. Right.
0: Absolutely. And you can do a lot of kind of non-sedentary activities that are technically not exercise. But are things like, you know, getting up and walking to your mailbox or getting up and... You know, doing things around your house, like maybe putting away some laundry or That's something. That's a good that point
1: lines. too. You know, yeah. just being able to get some natural light and mm-hmm. also to be able to do the activities, so you mm-hmm. don't get de- get frustrated. But more importantly, those are the activities that, if they have to get done,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, like you know, m- food prep or doing laundry. These are things you do not want to allow yourself to do at night in place right. of sleep.
0: Right. Well, I think too, it's. Uh, we've talked about this in in previous episodes too but this idea that sleep truly is like a 24-hour day problem or difficulty for a lot of people and really what that phrase is kind of getting at is the idea that what you do during your waking hours has a really big impact on the quality of sleep that you're going to get that night and if the majority of what you've been doing during those waking hours has been things that weren't you know that stimulating or weren't necessarily things that you know, burnt a lot of brain power or even burnt a lot of caloric energy, then it would make sense why you're probably going to be less likely to be tired at the end of that day versus, and you can have the opposite of where, you know, you've had just so much pain and so much fatigue that maybe by the end of the day, you're like, how do I find a position and get in a comfortable way uh, so I can fall asleep from that perspective. And those typically are different strategies than if it's someone who's like, my mind is, I'm just, I'm just awake versus mm-hmm. someone who's like, ah, I'm uncomfortable and I can't find a comfortable position to fall asleep.
1: Yeah, you know, and pain is an extremely physiologic response. So if if the pain is something that someone goes to sleep pretty easily and then they're actually awakened, awoken, awakened mm-hmm. by pain, uh-huh. um, then you know there's there's different strategies. Mm-hmm. But um, that initial response of that pain releases a lot of um, Neuroendocrine mm-hmm. hormones right. that now activate um, the wake-up centers mm-hmm. instead of promotion of the sleep centers. So, working on br- different breathing techniques and different body positioning or stretching can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of the time do your do your clients th- see that that pain? Um, prevents them, like that worry of the pain, Mm -hmm. prevents them from getting back to sleep?
0: I would say a lot with clients who are experiencing pain in the middle of the night. Um, And I think it's primarily because of the history of once a pain flare-up can kind of happen. And not that you're necessarily having a flare-up in the middle of the night, but if you've woken up in pain, it's typically because something was maybe pressing in some way or something... You were laying on your back in some way or something got twisted in some way to where it does feel kind of upsetting. And, you know, I think in a lot of a lot of ways, the part that can really kind of get amplified. And this is really where our brain is important on this. It's not that your brain can uh, totally eliminate all of your pain, but your brain can definitely either amplify or minimize pain that's kind of already there. And so if you're waking up and there's pain and your brain starts kind of essentially catastrophizing about pain that's there, it can actually amplify it even more. And so really what you're learning to do in those situations, it's not that you're going to meditate and your body's going to go numb and you're just going to have like zero pain at all and be in this like zen-like flotation experience. Although I did do a float tank experience recently. i got to tell you about that. Um, But it is that you can do things that help your body to... Essentially down-regulate the pain experience when it does show up so that you can kind of almost distract yourself from the pain
1: Yeah, in the physical medicine and rehab type of world a lot of what is driving people's pain are Chronic behaviors that they do either at night or in the day Mm -hmm. that perpetuate it So a classic example is using a recliner when Mm -hmm. you have back pain Uh, recliners notoriously put your spine in a non-physiologic position Mm -hmm. And you mean my
0: Lazy Boy is not amazing for me?
1: No, it's a Lazy Boy chair, yeah. Right. So the, um, the the main thing is just kind of recognizing that some things that you're doing in the day or in the evening, uh, you know, falling asleep in that, that recliner mm. and then going to bed, it's not the fact that you weren't having pain there. It was the fact that you didn't do the stretching and your, mm. your back was in a, a funny type of position.
0: Absolutely. I would say prevention is a huge piece of pain management. And it's something that is completely, I think, um, underappreciated in a lot of ways. Regular stretching is a key part of that. But so is honestly just regular activity. And doing things even when you don't feel like you need to do them, but you do them because you know that you need that level of activity or you need that level of stimulation in your life. So it's kind of like recognizing that if you can get these base level needs met throughout your day, your body's going to be in a much better position to naturally fall asleep at the end of the day versus saying like, oh, well, I slept okay tonight, so now I can do whatever I want the next day, and then paying for it the following night.
1: Or vice versa. You Mm -hmm. know, a lot of people will have two or three nights of bad and then decide that they need to take, you know, a medicine just to ensure that they get a good night's sleep, when really that third or fourth night you will rebound into sleep, even even if you don't take anything. Right, right. Yeah, we had a previous episode a couple episodes ago about just – how a lot of times humans get into these habits uh, that they are kind of self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Is, is we have these behaviors that we know don't make us feel better, but somehow we keep doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're pretty unique in that situation. Animals don't keep do making that same wrong choice.
0: Sure. Versus we can do things that can feel comfortable even though they're not necessarily comforting like for us like we can be drawn to certain patterns certain routines certain experiences that again feel comfortable but they're not necessarily actually providing comfort to us in a lot of ways falling asleep in that lazy boy is a good example
1: yeah
0: feels comfortable but it's not necessarily actually going to help you to be more comforted with your sleep or pain
1: yeah so i mean i think that if you did if you did fall into that habit of you know, doing something like falling asleep in the mm-hmm. Lazy Boy chair, one of the things that I would probably recommend is before you do go to bed or try to go back to bed is doing some stretching mm-hmm. um, before you go to bed and some wind-down routine. And if you don't maybe do the stretching, do that mental exercise of, of some of that deep breathing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think anytime you can tap into – so this is one of the nice things about breathing. Even if you can – Not necessarily do a deep breathing, but even just do like a meditative kind of breathing kind of response that really lets you recognize that there really is a pattern to your breath. That There's a lot of kind of value in just tapping into a regular pattern that's already there and letting that pattern be something that can help you to naturally calm down.
1: It's real common with pain that Mm -hmm. people just don't actually do their deep breathing or breathing in general.
0: Yep, you got it.
1: So it's not that there we're missing breathing. It's just when you when you find that you're not using any of that breath work mm-hmm. and you're um, getting more tense, those muscles do not um, feel very good.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: I think that's that's pretty helpful uh, as far as what things we can do to move forward. So, you know, just to recap. If you are having um, some pain issues, let's say you know after a surgery or you have an injury, make sure that activity is increased in your life. I tell people a minimum of an hour a day, but mm-hmm. ideally even a little bit more. Try not to go where you um, the the you know the rush when you feel good and then when you do too much, having to uh, repay that debt, uh, and then making sure that if you have. Um, establish that there is some pain, getting into a good behavior on how you're going to decrease that pain, either the breathing or maybe some stretching. Those would be some good points to do.
0: Absolutely. I love all those suggestions as well as really, you know, the suggestion too, that a lot of times when we are thinking about habit changes, especially as it relates to living with chronic pain, is that we we get in this place where we think that what we need is a lot of kind of intensity to change habits, when I would just say small consistent steps are gonna be your your most helpful approach when it comes to living with chronic pain. Small consistent steps over time will build to you getting a better life and and living better with, with your life instead of the pain living it for you. All right, Michelle, well, this is a great episode.
1: It's good to talk to you again, and I hope we get to see each other again soon. Absolutely. Uh, As a reminder, and thank you to those that have messaged us either together or separately. Uh, But we are doing this podcast because we really care about your sleep. Mm -hmm. We also care about getting some good information out there. But feedback is needed so that we know what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. Um, also, it's been very helpful for you to uh, give us some tips on um, just like the sound quality. It's good to get tips on, you know, the length of the podcast. So, SleeptampaBay at gmail.com or Sleeptakeout at gmail.com. Message us on our individual websites at uh, Daniel Bond or Daniel Bond PhD. Yep, you got it um dot com or dosleep.com for me and what what other things are we doing I we're think doing we have, twitter we have twitter Facebook. we have a twitter
0: handle yeah just reach out <laughs> you'll find us
1: you'll find us anyway until next time
0: all right take care sleep nation
1: thank you for joining us on this episode of sleep takeout we hope that you found our discussion on sleep valuable
0: Help your friends to sleep better. You can share the Sleep Takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app.
1: Remember Sleep Nation, sleep well.
0: Dream big.
1: And wake up refreshed. Bye. Bye.